All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Habit Shift Podcast. So today we are, uh, there's just two of us here. So Sarah and uh, myself, Jeff, are here. Uh, Ian and Sandy have other things going on. And so uh, we wanted to, but we did want to come here and and share some thoughts, insights, and and of course, talk because we enjoy talking with each other. So uh, this is always a good opportunity to do that. And and so we'll look forward to having a good conversation today. So how are you after the, the holiday? And I guess we're a month into the new year. Yeah, I can't believe it's February already. Like The, the year is flying by. Um, it doesn't seem five minutes ago, really, that we did our last podcast, but that was like early December, I think. Yeah. So yeah, just time is flashing by, but I'm I'm happy with that because that's heading towards lighter evenings and warmer weather. So that makes me happy. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because we we're headed for like really colder weather, at least for a few days. So supposed to be in the twenties here, which is below freezing. Um okay. for you people with that use Celsius. Um yeah. and so uh <laughs> I can never confer them very well. But yeah, it's and then it'll be in the 60s again, which is comfortable outside in short sleeve shirt weather, probably yeah. next week. So it's crazy yeah. here. I, my grass is still green. Um, I still have to mow my lawn in the middle of the winter. So Ours is weird. We're kind of having, I'd say, quite mild weather at the moment. It's actually quite pleasant. But equally, we could get snow in a week. So yeah. It just really depends. So we're away for a week in a half term. Um going down to the coast so we're hoping for nice weather oh nice yeah. Yeah. yeah well um our topic today we thought this would be a good time to touch on on kind of that whole new year's resolution thing where uh people have have started something either before the the christmas holiday and or after in the in the new year and then kind of checking in with where they are now because we know that a lot of people get really excited at the new year, which is understandable. You know, we, we want to make a change. We decide that, hey, the, the new year is kind of a good mark where I can start these changes and get them implemented. And there's often a lot of other options out there at that time, too, to, to kind of get people motivated and new groups starting up and those kinds of things. And then, but we also know that for the most part, it seems like uh, people tend to start to fall off at this point. Um, couple yeah. weeks in, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks in, that kind of thing. Or they're they're approaching the end of their six week challenge, maybe that started at the beginning of January, and now they're wondering what they're going to be doing. Or um, maybe they've been making good progress, but they know from past experience that it doesn't seem to stick very well. So we thought we'd just talk talk about that general topic today, and maybe touch on a few issues and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think I'm not actually against New Year resolutions. I think I saw a lot of posts either for or against in January, especially in our industry, where people are like, oh, you know, you're setting yourself up to fail with New Year's resolutions. And then you've got the flip side where you're going, well, you know, why not take advantage of that added motivation? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of with the second option, because I think if if it spurs you on to make some changes, then great, as long as they're things that you can stick with and are actually gonna be lasting um and you know lots of people do that you know you're probably the same but I saw you know thousands of posts on Instagram alone where people have started the January diet you know whatever that may be 
It could be the juice diet. It could be a low carb diet. It could have joined a gym. It could be all sorts of things. And I've got a good example of um, somebody that I saw before Christmas, a beautician that I see, and she had started a local thing, which was a six-week program. She had to pay money up front, and she had to do three sessions a week and follow their diet, which was an unspecified diet of their own. You don't get to know what it is before you sign up. But basically, <laughs> lose X amount of weight. That's red flag to me. Yeah. Um, if you if you once you've signed up, you get given the diet, and if you lose, I, I'm not quite sure what the designated amount of weight is, but you have to lose a certain amount of weight. Which again is like everybody's different. How can yeah. you say that one person's going to lose the same as another? But you have to do follow their rules basically. Anyway, when I saw her before Christmas, she was full on enjoying it. She was new to it, so motivation was high. She, you know, she was going, she was following their diet. It was going to be fine. And I said, so how are you going to navigate Christmas then? Because we all know we eat more at Christmas, even if we're um, disciplined to a degree, we're going to eat more over Christmas. And she was like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. And in my head, I just thought, okay, well, let's see. But, you know, you don't want to knock somebody when they're yeah. feeling yeah. positive and, you know, you never know, but I think experience told me that it would be a different story after Christmas. So I saw her this week and she was no longer doing it. She did lose quite a large amount of weight. And I'm going to say weight rather than body fat, because in that amount of time, she's going to have lost water due to the extremely mm -hmm. low carb diet she was following. You know, she was going to have probably lost a bit of muscle tissue as well as some body fat. But the amount she lost, and I'm, we're talking over a stone, over 14 pounds, um, wasn't enough to get her her money back. So automatically, you're going to feel a bit pissed at that. Yeah. <laughs> I was bored. I, <laughs> I've used a word. <laughs> but you are going to feel annoyed that you have not got your money back after what they promised. And she was no longer doing it. She felt she'd failed. And, you know, she said, the trouble is I like chocolate too much. and and I was kind of like saying to her, well, you know, why can you not eat chocolate? Oh, well, it, it's not part of the diet. It's not diet food. And I'm like, no, it's just food. And, you know, if you can enjoy some chocolate in your life, I, I can't do that. I have to eat the whole thing. And I was like, well, you don't have to eat the whole thing, but you do it because you know that it's in your mind not good and that you're not eating diet food and that you failed and you shouldn't be doing it. And then you eat the whole thing because you want it out of the way so that that feeling goes. And she said, that's exactly what I do. And I'm like, and if you can conquer that part of it, then you can enjoy food and you won't have to do these extreme diets that you can't stick to. And I just thought this is the time of year where we are, like you say, five, five weeks, four or five weeks post Christmas, where all these people that have taken on some kind of extreme diet are going to be finding the same thing they just cannot continue for whatever reason and then that just makes you feel pretty rubbish because you've you've basically been probably quite miserable for the past the couple of the first week of motivation where you're like yes I can do this yeah. I'm yeah I'm going to bed hungry but I don't care because I'm going to lose weight then the reality kicks in and you're like actually it's pretty rubbish feeling like this and then you go back to all your old habits. And, and what have you learned? You know, where are you five weeks forward? Yes, you've lost a few pounds, but they're probably going to go back on now because you're eating all the foods you haven't eaten. So 
I just think it's quite a good um, episode for us to discuss because I think there's a lot of people feeling that right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you described is just is so common. And it's because that these these approaches that that people often jump into, and and I, I think all of us have been there ourselves. Um, you know, you you see something and and you see the outcome. You see, hey, you can lose X amount of weight in X amount of time, and you think, okay, well, that's what I need. And without even and this, they don't even tell you what you're going to be doing. That's it's almost like they keep it a secret that they're of, of what they're what you're going to be expected to do. Um, and yeah. And then you end up with, with being in this exact position. It's really interesting with this specific approach here where, Hey, if you lose X amount, you get your money back. And it's, you know, diets I think are bad enough in the sense that people tend to feel like they've failed a diet if they don't lose X amount or don't reach their goal in a certain amount of time, or don't get the same results that somebody else did that kind of thing. And this one is just blatantly that way. I mean, it's not only is it a subtle thing, but this one is like, nope, you didn't lose enough, so you're not good enough, so you don't get your money back. And um, yeah. yeah, that's really unfortunate that there's that there's these approaches out there because we know that there's a lot of different ways that you can instill healthy habits in people to help them in get into the body that's going to be right for them and that's going to be most comfortable for them and that's going to be the healthiest for them. And making them feel bad about the fact that they didn't lose an arbitrary amount of weight, you know, yeah. reach an arbitrary scale number. It's uh, a little that, bit like the biggest loser thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, where most people would be really happy to step on a scale and have lost one or two pounds. Whereas in on that TV show, it was like you stepped on and they're like, oh God, I've only lost five pounds. And you're like, yeah. and where else in in any other time in life would you not be absolutely over the moon if you had lost well we probably know it's probably impossible to lose five pounds of body fat week in week out but unless you are extremely extremely overweight but you know that's the same thing you know for her at what other point in time if you said to somebody oh I've lost you know between 14 16 pounds would somebody not be like wow amazing well done but there she is going sorry that's not good enough you know that's just actually crazy in my mind yeah. Well, I think the diet, the the whole dieting mentality and dieting culture and industry even feeds into that. It may not be as blatant like, oh, you get your money back if you're good enough. But I think that people get it in their mind. Uh, you, you see this in groups all the time, people asking, well, what's a what's a a good expected rate of weight loss? And I even used to promote this myself. I hate that I used to mention this, but but people are like, oh, yeah, one to two pounds a week and and just sort of arbitrarily say that without understanding the person at a deeper level, without understanding more about their unique situation. Um, for some people and honestly, for myself, when I've done, you know, I did transformation challenges back in the day and that kind of thing. And one to two pounds a week was pretty easy for me. And that's just be based on the way that my body seems to work. But that's not the case for everybody. And also, I was coming at it from a very different perspective than somebody else. So, you know, I was raised in a home where my relationship with food developed in a very good way. I was never pressured to eat a certain amount or clean my plate or well, we did have like the one or two bite rule, but that wasn't a big deal. I mean, it, 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 that didn't really negatively impact me. 
But then somebody else may be coming from an experience where maybe there was food scarcity or there was this rigid control around their diet and their body and their size and comments. And so to say, oh, yeah, you can lose one to two pounds a week. Um, that could be very triggering for some people that could really um, push them to to do things that are very unhealthy for them and all kinds of things. And that's what's and I think that that's why so many people find themselves struggling at this point in the year or, you know, or very short. It's around the bend, possibly yeah. for a lot of people, too. Maybe they're still OK in that honeymoon phase, but give it another two, four weeks, yeah. six weeks, uh, you know, in. It, it, it may start to start to surface. Those issues may start to surface. And I think even if you do go on a, you know, I think if you were to ask, certainly in the UK, like our National Health Service, they would promote losing one to two pounds a week as a healthy rate of weight loss, mm -hmm. which if you just take it without anything else involved, you might go, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. It's not a huge ask for people if they are, sticking to everything 100% but when what they fail to do is well what they yeah what they do fail to do is that they're just basing everything on a number and mm -hmm. you know even if that person has done everything it's taken to lose a pound that week the scales might not reflect that for a number of reasons so that becomes that negative attachment to a number again so you know even if actually the underlying losing a pound a week is is fine understanding how it might not always reflect on a scale and there's a way of so many other ways to judge it and to measure your success other than just standing on a scale is important as well um you know especially for people that have got a large amount of weight to lose and they don't see what they want week in week out understanding that progress takes time and not every week you're going to see some kind of reduction will mean that you're not stuck in a short term mentality of oh I just haven't lost this week so I'm just oh screw it I'm just going to carry on and it's not working you know they just have to realize that we are human beings and we don't function like a robot that every yeah. week we are going to have some form of loss that is going to be visible but you know what's more important is maybe the habits that you have instilled in yourself in order to lose that pound they are way more important because they're actually what are going to see you through the long run so if you have I don't know, got outside for exercise. Let's say you've gone for a walk. Let's say you've chosen a decent pro a protein source. Let's say you've eaten more fruit and veg than you've normally done. Those processes are more important in the long term than losing a pound on the scales that week. Because if you continue to do those, then you're going to see those pounds fall off anyhow. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I use that illustration a lot too of you know, us not being robots and. If we were, well, then the calories in, calories out model would work perfectly just standalone. You would just say, oh, well, let's just decrease the amount of energy we're putting into the system. And we know that when we do that, then X, Y, Z occurs. And But the problem is, is that it's tied to all those other facets of our health, too. Yeah. And, you know, like this person that, that you were talking about and they're they're they enjoy chocolate but they weren't able to eat it and so what happens when they're on a calorie restricted diet that doesn't allow chocolate is she's probably thinking about chocolate all the time mm -hmm. and and probably it probably wasn't even an issue before that to be thinking it may have been just something that was you know sometimes she may might eat more than she needed but it probably wasn't an obsession 
But I have a strong feeling that it probably became an obsession over the course of this time. And that's generally what happens with people that we find. Uh, not everybody. I mean, everybody's different. But it's so common that that occurs that when you restrict yourself from these things that you enjoy, that it just makes you think about them even more. And um, exactly. that's like the um, exercise, isn't it, where they say you say to somebody, right, OK, don't think about a pink elephant. And yeah. that's the first thing you think about. And that's the that's the thing, isn't it? As soon as you start trying not to think about something, that's all you can think about. And, you know, I've done that myself. Like I remember doing quite a few years ago, I started trying to do a few 24 hour fasts where you didn't eat anything for 24 hours, which is not something that I would really recommend doing um, unless you were like full on into it. But I remember going shopping and finding, seeing billboards of sweets and they were cool, like they were jumping out at me. I wouldn't never twice <laughs> at them. I don't even like sweets, but all those multicolored things, because it was very much like you can't eat. So, um, don't, you can't have anything. So here's food, eat this, eat that. And everything, even food I don't like was suddenly looking appealing. So that kind of you can't do hard and fast rules. You know, as humans, we're kind of created to almost break them, aren't we? We're not good at following hard and fast set rules. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, there in, in certain areas of life, I think it's one thing to have rules and guidelines and structure like that. But I think that we we have to apply it in different ways to different areas of our life and and different people also. And so, um you know, it's exactly what you're saying. You know, we we tend to rebel against those things, but with the body, it, we also have this physiological response to depriving ourselves of of different foods. So, you know, that 24 hour fast, your body was probably screaming that it wanted energy, mm. and that's and it's driving you to to get it in any way that you can. And and um and so yeah, that's the that's one of the the downsides of these kinds of diets that that a lot of people start at the beginning of the year and why they find themselves in the position that maybe they are right now is that they're your body and everybody's body is a little bit different. Um, some people, they can sustain that for a period of time without really too many negative effects. But at some point it tends to catch up with us because our body is trying to survive. I mean, all these, all these things that it does, these drives to eat, um, all of those things, um, the thinking more about food, those are all processes that the body uses to survive. And so when we're depriving it of what it needs, it's going to be, and that's what, I mean, that's basically what a diet is, is it's depriving your body of the energy that it needs to sustain itself where it is currently. Yeah. And yeah. so it tends to fight back. And, you know, if you're higher than where your body wants to be, then it, it won't really fight back as hard. Um, yeah. If you're not at an extreme deficit. Um, and if you're below where it needs to be, it it'll, tends to fight you to bring you back up to where it, where it uh, it wants to be, and yeah. and uh, yeah, and that's where that whole idea of you know we're not robots, our yeah. our bodies yeah. respond, and it's not even just physiological because it it impacts us psychologically, emotionally, and socially, and all of those other things, and that's because we're you know we're very we're social community kinds of of beings we're not not robots where we can just change a variable here and there each yeah. one 
any change that we make is going to impact these other areas. Changes in our emotional health, we know from research and just from practical experience working with clients and seeing it in ourselves that it impacts our appetite. It impacts our, our emotional health, impacts our mood and our sleep, which we also know impacts our appetite and all of those kinds of things. So, so I, I would probably, I think we can probably start to kind of wrap up here a little bit because we said we were going to try and keep it short and sweet. Yeah. But, you know, if you are one of those people that has started on one of these extreme diets that is not making you feel happy if you feel that there's foods that you're not eating that you enjoy and you're not including in your diet and you're missing social occasions because those foods are there and you don't you can't do that because they're not part of your plan you need to relook at your plan you do because it's just not gonna take you anywhere you're gonna end up probably where you started if not worse off so you know I, I guess when you try one of these things, rather than think you've failed that diet, that diet has failed you because it's never going to be sustainable. You were never set up for success with it. Yes, you might have had a few short-term losses, but long-term, it's not going to happen. So don't beat yourself up. Choose something that you can stick to, some lifestyle changes, some new habits, behaviours, and think, work on that first, and you'll probably end up, you know, where you want to be. Yeah, I think that's that's important that people understand that if they're if they're still kind of sold on the idea of continuing their diet, that even just understanding that when it does hit a point where it becomes too much to stick to, that's totally normal. That's totally expected. And so, again, don't feel bad about yourself. Um, I mean, I personally and I know you would probably too recommend that people just find something that's going to be more sustainable and that's going to suit them better now instead of waiting until it gets bad. But just know that if you do decide that you're waiting until it gets bad, that there are other ways that you can go about this that, that take a a, a different approach and, and definitely don't feel bad about yourself when it fails, if it does. And that's because it's very clear. It's overwhelmingly clear in the research that these kinds of diets don't work long-term and by don't work, yes, they work to get a change in scale number, but they don't work to sustain it for a year, two, three, four, five years. Um, yeah. You know, and that's the thing is that ultimately, I think anybody who's who's trying to make changes in their health, whether it in part of that involves weight loss or, or changing habits, if they can't sustain it, then all that work that you put in doing all this stuff doesn't make a whole lot of sense and we also know that too when you don't sustain it you you start to compare yourself to where you were when the diet when the extreme diet got you to kind of this arbitrary point and yeah. it makes it even harder to feel good about where you are today yeah. even if where you are is is healthier um, yeah. i always say to people try and look backwards so if, if you, where you are now you're not happy if you had started to make small changes a year ago let's say and you and made small changes you would be in a different place right now if a year ago you did a crash diet and failed it and did another one and failed it and did another one and failed it and you're back still where you're not wanting to be which one would you choose in hindsight which yeah. one would actually work better for you you know stop chasing short-term quick gains and look at the bigger picture you know doesn't matter if you want to lose a stone in the six weeks, but if you can lose a stone and keep that off in six months and a year and 18 months, 
and that's what success looks like you know so just have a think about what you're doing I guess yeah yeah definitely and and just keep in mind that these these things are not set up for you generally these diet these diets are often set up to make the person or the organization look successful and you see that as you know we've seen that with with a lot of the the coaching tips that people you know that the business coaches give to professionals like us which is you know these um you know showing your proof your your proof that of what you've done and you know yeah. focusing on getting getting that uh, those transformations and those kinds of things and 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 I think most people doing it genuinely want to help people, but it's very easy to fall into that trap of, I need these results. And that's why, you know, that example you used at the beginning, you get your money back if you make us look good. Yeah. And exactly. and that's why, you know, that's what they're banking on is that, well, we're, most people aren't going to get there, but if somebody does, well, then at least we're going to benefit from it by saying, look how much they lost. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. What about the dollar? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> or the pound in your case. Or the right? pound. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a a really good discussion. I enjoyed that as always. And so uh, look forward to having maybe some more discussions going forward. Uh, yeah. If you want to reach either of us, uh, you can certainly go to, let's see, what's your Instagram now? My Instagram is SB Nutrition and Fitness. Okay. And then I've recently started one focused on intuitive eating, uh, kind of directed at men. So that's intuitive.eating.men. And then, of course, you can reach Ian Bickle and Sandy. And I don't have theirs off the top of my – I think Ian's is Ian underscore Bickle underscore coach. I think it's changed it, I think. Yeah. But uh, you can find the Habit Shift uh, – find a link in the Habit Shift uh, podcast um, uh, for this episode. And we'll have links to everybody there, too. So. All right. Well, I hope you have a great day and we will talk again soon. See you soon.